Hey, everybody. Kind of find it funny that last Thursday we spent uh, an entire program, one of my shows, hammering away about fitness, why we need to work out, why we need to lose weight. And today we're talking about body image. Why are people so hard on themselves? Hmm. If we're sending mixed messages, what message is society sending to our teenagers? That's up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Taking a rare break from the campaign trail, President Barack Obama is in New York City to address the United Nations. The president's flying in to give his annual speech to world leaders at a time of anti-U.S. protest in the Muslim world. That and Iran's nuclear program will take top billing. But in the midst of his re-election bid, Obama is not holding one-on-one meetings with world leaders. Press Secretary Jake Carney cites a narrow schedule window. The president's obviously got a busy schedule. He has a busy schedule uh, all the time. But critics note Obama managed to fit in 13 such meetings last year, and he did find time while in New York to schedule taping with the women of TV's The View. Mark Smith, New York. Israeli officials have been threatening action against Iran more frequently, but the Iranian president seems content to dismiss the issue. Asked about a possible Israeli attack against Iranian nuclear facilities, President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said, we do not take seriously the threats of the Zionists. Ahmadinejad in New York to address the UN General Assembly repeated to a small group of journalists that Iran's nuclear program is peaceful. He also said Tehran remains open to talking to the United States about it. On another issue, Ahmadinejad declared Iran neutral in the civil war developing in Syria. We see both sides as brothers, he said. Warren Levinson, New York. With anti-America riots continuing in many Arab countries around the globe, the Secretary of State is warning that these actions are holding them back. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton had a warning for Arab countries inflamed by riots over insults to Islam. You are squandering the gains made in the Arab Spring. She told delegates to the Clinton Global Initiative, countries that are focused on fostering growth rather than fomenting grievance are those racing ahead. The people of the Arab world did not set out to trade the tyranny of a dictator for the tyranny of a mob. The route to dignity, Clinton said, is opening economies and societies to the outside world, not inciting rage. Warren Levinson, New York. The Marine Corps is punishing more men accused of urinating on killed insurgents last year. A video that surfaced last year showing Marines urinating on Taliban corpses drew worldwide attention in a string of embarrassing behavior by U.S. troops in Afghanistan. The Marine Corps says it will court-martial two staff sergeants for allegedly taking part in the urination and posing for unofficial photos with casualties. It's also charging them with a dereliction of duty, among other things. Three other Marines were disciplined last month for their roles in the incident. Sagar Magani at the Pentagon. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on our program Every Monday through Friday to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today is a big day. Have you ever just sat there and um, avoided the mirror? 
Have you ever walked by the mirror and you know it's there, but you don't want to look at it because ugh, it's just not working today? Um, have you just not put the mirror up? We have like four mirrors in our house, and uh, apparently, interestingly, none of them work. <laughs> uh, they all work fine, but they all make us – I think they're the kind that warp you. Um, body image is what we're talking about today. Now, we find it ironic that last week on Thursday, we were talking about losing weight and how – remember the lose the fat mat chat blat thing? Uh, I can't remember what we called it. The, the program for losing weight because we want to get healthier – and now today we're talking about body image. Is there some correlation? Uh, and do we have kind of a warped view of what healthy looks like? Now, to me, healthy should probably be something as simple as you can do, I don't know, five push-ups. But that is not what happened. I went, I had a chance to go do a commercial for uh, BYU Broadcasting. And when I went in, I was like, oh, how hard could a commercial be? You know, the hardest part about it, you got to get your makeup done. And, you know, but I'm fine. I do my own makeup, so I don't need any help. Um, I had my makeup all done, and then I went in there, and they're like, okay, what we're going to need you to do is we're going to need you to just squat and just squat and then um, raise yourself up into the camera shot. So you're just going to squat below it. Then you're going to raise up into the camera shot. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, how hard could it be to squat? Well, let me just tell you, my thighs are burning (laughs) Even today, because I haven't used those legs. I didn't know that part of my leg, the squat leg, was a problem. And I have not. So anyway, then they just said, "Okay, well, we've only got one more thing. Then we'll be out of here. And I'm like, sweet. What's the last? I mean, I had to make funny faces and do all these goofy things. But then they said one more thing. I'm like, yeah, what? We just need you to do a few push-ups. Oh, geez. I knew. I knew it. And um, I'm like, well, how many? (laughs) Cause, and let me – I got to work myself through this because I don't want to look stupid. But you can't fake a push-up, my friends. You can either do one or you can't. And I can do one. Duh. It's just I couldn't do more than one. I did five. I did five and then I was breathing heavy and I had a huge vein poking out on my forehead. And then I just had a heart attack and dropped dead. Now, interestingly, during that whole time, I didn't worry about my body image once. Isn't that sad? But I probably should have because obviously if I can't do a push-up, my body's probably not what it should be. I was more worried about my manliness, my man image. Like am I cool enough to do 10 push-ups? But apparently there are people out there that really worry about their body and their image of their body a lot. And so we are going to be bringing on experts talking about it. Do you have a problem with body image? Do your children, do your grandchildren, do people around you feel um, anxious, worried about how, they're, how they look, their body? And really, today's the day. We're going to try to help you help your family as we talk to one of our experts. Now, with our topic of dealing with body image issues, we don't uh, often realize how many people are afflicted by them. But our producer, Madison Allred, shares her personal struggle with body image. A common problem I find myself and a lot of other women doing is comparing ourselves to others. It is how we construct our body image and whether we feel good about ourselves or not. Notice that as soon as one starlet like Kim Kardashian comes into the spotlight, women with darker features and curves are empowered through the validation of the media. Same thing happened in the 90s with Gwyneth Paltrow, Nicole Kidman, and Britney Spears. It was the it look to be white, blonde, and very slender. With all this feedback from the media, it was no wonder I had a body issue growing up. 
Now, when I say this, I do not mean that it was so serious as to the point of mental illness, but it was a tough time. You construct your body image based upon how attractive you think you are and how you think others perceive you. The source of my insecurities was that even from kindergarten, I was always the biggest in my class. I was my full height, 5 foot 9 inches in 6th grade. I thought that I was a freak and that I was fat. Note, I was only 120 pounds, which is actually underweight for a woman with that height. Though compared to the average 12-year-old who was 5 foot and around 90 pounds, I was a good bit taller than them, and for some reason, I thought I should weigh the same as my friends. I was actually embarrassed one day in PE because we had to record our weight. Needless to say, when all my friends were coming in at 97... 75 or 82. When I came in at 120, I felt like a whale. The only compliments I ever seemed to get is when I would walk by a construction site or through the community college. Even though I looked like I was an adult, I was not a woman. I was just a 12-year-old girl that did not quite understand why she did not look like her friends. I also compared myself to my older sister. I thought that we should look pretty similar since we were sisters after all. Trust me though, we are completely different body types. She was the girl that when she went to the doctor's office for a checkup, they kind of skim over the anorexia bulimia bit for most, but for her, they would spend half an hour talking to make sure that she was not starving herself. It was not quite until my freshman year of high school that I felt a little good about myself and about another year to feel fully confident and comfortable in my own skin. Even to this day, when I go in for a physical, I just have a unique body. After they record my weight and height, the doctor comes back into the room and starts with something like, Well, your weight is in the 87th percentile for women, but your height is in the 95th, and you only have 14% body fat, so we are not too worried about it. My recommendation for someone who is struggling with a similar problem is to place your values on things aside from looks. Because I felt like this growing up, I actually focused a lot on school and my success in that area helped me to build self-confidence because it was something that I had worked towards. In my later years, it turned out that my body type ended up helping me in sprinter positions for swimming and water polo and I ended up being offered scholarships. Being positive and focusing on your strengths is a wonderful pathway to get out of any body image issues and to move on with a reinforced self-esteem. Excellent. Excellent. That's Madison Allred, one of our producers. Five foot nine, 14% body fat. <laughs> it's interesting because you, you were battling with that as a, from a very young girl. Yeah. Just this idea that you're different. Isn't that sad? Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, looking back on it, I'm glad that I did it. It made me grow as far as character yeah. wise, you know. But you were normal for you. Yeah. <laughs> they were, it's all the other kids that were off. You were exactly what you needed to be. But I guess at that age, we just don't know. We don't know how to see it otherwise. Yeah. You just compare yourself with others and you go, well, why don't I look like Rachel or anything like that? Uh, I wonder if that's kind of universal to growing up girl. Maybe. Because I mean, there are some boy ones. In fact, let's bring Bryce on because Bryce... You now you're nothing but manly, man. Why? Uh, thank you. But um, and it's interesting too, by the way, because you, you, Madison, also went. You were on the swim team, so you of all the things I would not have done if I had a body image issue is swim. That's just like it doesn't mean I don't look good in a swimsuit. Uh, okay, <laughs> say no more. But you do still swim into walls, which is a whole other story. Uh, now, Bryce, tell me, as a guy growing up, did you feel? What did you feel? Well, I'm. Thin, and I was always super, super like 
kind of scary thin yeah. as a kid. Oh, Gangly, I, that's good. Uh, Gangly is a word that I've Lurpy. heard. Lurpy, okay. Um, so there was that. There was the guys who were uh, had testosterone shooting out of their yeah. ears. And yeah. that's it's, it's not fun to grow up around those guys. But you get over it as you get older um, because all that working out and all that exercise, that's a lot of work to keep up with. It's so true. Uh, and so guys chill out really yeah. fast after high school. But there's sort of a perception uh, guys want to be perceived. It's kind of you talked about being manly, doing yeah. the push-ups and yeah. stuff. Guys want to be perceived as as as, as what they're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. What we decide, yeah. right? And, Smart. And some of the ways to do that are like how many push-ups you can do, or how many burgers you can finish in ten minutes. <laughs> how fast you can kill yourself. Yeah. Or if you're dumb enough to jump the jump. Exactly. Hey, do the jump, dude. Just do it. All the cool people are doing it, and then next thing you know, you're a YouTube video. Yep. See. It's kind of true. So it might be – and we're going to get into this. We're going to bring in our expert, uh, Melissa Lampson, who is a, a counselor, social worker, and she's going to set us straight on all of this. I, I'm dying to know. What questions should we ask her? What do you think? I want to know if, if women have the problem more than men. I think there's something about women and body and being judged. I think they're probably judged more than the average guy is. Agreed. I think that would be really interesting to know. And also like which things people are most insecure about. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Like, is it... Like, yours was really height. Yeah, mine was height. It wasn't really anything else. Just yeah. because I was taller, like, I was thicker than anyone, yeah. everyone else. But that was just But, like, look, guys, if you're a really short guy, you might have a height issue, too. Certainly. Certainly. Now, I'm not looking at anybody. Um, Sky, do you have something on this? <laughs> body image. Because you've virtually got the perfect body. I know. It's it's kind of hard sometimes. Actually, I have the opposite problem. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Jerk. Okay. Somebody needs to work on humility, Sky. <laughs> So but you're, he's a stud. He's an athlete. He does everything right. He's smart. Might be a doctor. Whatever. <sighs> Jerk. Um, body image and brain image. We're talking to the team here. And uh, we're going to be bringing on our expert. Our expert is Melissa Lampson. When we come back from this break, we are going to get into this. Body image. Does your family have it? Do your kids? Do your granddaughters? Are they worrying about their body, their height, their weight? And, and how do we really make sure that we can uh, help our kids and our family appreciate their body versus uh, hate it? We're talking here on the Matt Townsend Show, Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A space medicine tool is helping heart attack patients on Earth. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. When you have a heart attack, getting blood flowing to your brain and lungs again as soon as possible could mean the difference between life and death. Now hospitals and paramedics have a new tool to help administer CPR that does that job better than any previous system. Called RescuePod, the device came out of joint research by NASA's Kennedy Space Center the U.S. Army, and the University of Texas. It originated as a way to help treat astronauts coming back from long-duration flights in zero gravity, where they sometimes experience a dramatic drop in blood pressure as their body tries to readapt to Earth gravity. Doctors found the device is superior at getting a patient's blood pressure back up and reestablishing blood flow to the brain during resuscitation. A private company called Advanced Circulatory Systems now markets the rescue pod to the medical community and hospitals. For the way it's brought space technology down to Earth for use in saving lives, 
RescuePod and its developers were inducted into the Space Foundation's Hall of Fame. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the latest news and research in pivotal societal issues. There has got to be a way that we reduce our dependency upon Middle Eastern oil. BYU's Wheatley Forum presents the research of leading scholars and experts in current social issues and events. Learn, explore, and discuss the world around us with the Wheatley Forum, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That is the band Simple Plan. Uh, talking body image today. And we brought on our body image expert, Melissa Lamson. She's a social worker and has done a lot of work, loves working with females, and uh, has done a lot of work with body image. Um, she's a therapist, does a lot of family therapy as well, has, has just tons of experience in helping people know how to deal with this. And the abuse, I mean, past abuse issues, depression issues, anxiety issues, eating disorders, these are all things that Melissa has worked on. So, Melissa, welcome to the program. Thanks. Good to be here. Now, what do you think of this body image thing? This is huge because this is America. Mm-hmm. And interesting thing, I had my in-laws, um, a brother-in-law that was going to school in Boston and another one going to school in North Carolina. They both came for a family reunion last year. And in Salt Lake City, they went down the freeway and there were more billboards in Utah with images about surgery, plastic, plastic surgery. surgery. Like, yeah. you know, you got to pump up the volume kind of stuff or Botox, put botulism in your face, stuff like that, that he couldn't believe it. He's like, what is the deal? They don't have that much of that going on in Boston or in North Carolina. And they're like, what is the Utah? You're supposed to be all these conservatives. Yeah. But what's the deal with body image? Um. Well, in Utah, there's actually more plastic surger- surgery... Um, places like per capita. Too, yeah, because we're big and bringing them back to Utah. Right, right. <laughs> we breed them and then we bring them back. <laughs> right. So is that, I guess, does that mean more advertising for it, more more push from the industry? Or is there more demand needing, are we, so are we creating demand? Yeah. I guess well, that's Utah, but no, no one outside of here wants to hear about Utah. But. <laughs> well, we're definitely creating that kind of an image. And the thing I think to remember is that um, women particularly have a lot to compete with. Yeah. And over the years, there's been a lot of concern about appearance and body image and understand, understandably so. Um, you know, attractive people actually are more successful. They get they? paid more. Oh, yeah. I have How do you a few compete statistics. with that? Right. So attractive children are more popular, both with classmates and teachers, and they have higher expectations and have been shown to, you know, have a, a more positive experience with their teacher. Just because they're better looking. Yeah. They get better jobs. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then it operates in almost all, all social situations. Um, 
and there's a lot of studies that say we react more favorably to attractive people. So it's okay to want to be attractive and to appear beautiful, um, but it's obviously become more of an obsession over the years. Um, We've become more accustomed to uniform standards of beauty. Like what? Okay, because let's because honestly, that's why I like all of these um, reality TV shows. Mm-hmm. Because now, in fact, we've been talking about this a lot. There's a show on TV called Honey Boo Boo. Here comes Honey Boo Boo. Have you seen this? No. Okay, let me just tell you. Anybody that has low self esteem should watch Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, because they're messed up people. And when you watch messed up people, you inherently feel better <laughs> about yourself. Right. Are you with me, Melissa? I'm with you. <laughs> but see, so now all of a sudden, it used to be that we would just look at movie stars. Like when you you didn't grow up like I did, but I grew up watching um, Charlie's Angels. Right. And I didn't anyway. I didn't have a self image problem or a self or a body image problem because I was watching Charlie's Angels. But by the way, just a little side note: Charlie's Angels. Charlie's last name was Townsend. Wow. So I always Related? no, but I always thought he was my father. <laughs> Which I thought would be really cool if he always had these really nice ladies there that could help. Um, but anyway, this self-image thing, it, it impacts women. We've been forever. We grew up watching perfect stars. Now we have just average people we're watching. I mean, Snooky and these are crazy people. Right. Right. Does right. that – so what is – I didn't know there was a standard line of what is beautiful. Well, you get a lot of teens and young adults watching these supermodels and – there's a lot of media. There's a lot of magazines. And believe it or not, they're inundated right. with all of this literature and these visual images that people 20, 30 years ago didn't really see. That would have really that volume of them. No, right. Yeah. And it's in everything. Right. Well, so most fashion models are thinner than about 98% of American women. Yeah. You have a lot of girls who are looking to them and wanting to be the ideal um, body type, and it's not even in their genetics. It's like genetics. freakishly off. It's yeah. not even like in the realm of normal. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then you have um, about 50% of teen girls and 33% of teen boys using unhealthy behaviors to lose weight or to attain that body type, uh, like, which is yeah. alarming. Interesting. Like steroids for boys. Steroids. And, and binging and trying, or whatever for girls. Binging and purging or just trying to restrict eating or excessive uh-huh. Dieting and exercise. Well, I've seen kids just trying to make a football team need to lose five pounds. Or wrestling's like, a big oh, one. Wrestling's as well. huge in high school, huh? Right. Well, and and it's all based on warped images. Like again, we've talked about um, a seven six athlete that we all honor and revere as this incredible athlete. That's just a freak. That's I mean, not him personally, but his size is just off. Right. It's not what we should aspire to be, but we hold him up as these images, and then we all want it apparently. Exactly. And the body image is even more so. Yeah. Well, and it's important to remember that body image is how you think about your size and shape, which then contributes to how you think about yourself, which is more self-esteem. Okay. Okay. So So go into that. Well, yeah. So if you're falling short, you're more prone to depression, low self-esteem, isolation. And, you know, if you're noticing this type of behavior in you where you don't want to look in the mirror, as you were talking about earlier. Right. Or you're looking in the mirror and you're picking yourself apart. Uh, look at me. Yeah. Or you watch your daughter or your son doing that same thing. Right. I mean, there's a normal level and then there's unhealthy. Okay, let's go to that. How do we know when's normal? Because yeah. it seems like I don't know how when you have a young woman developing and turning into a woman, 
she's going to normally notice what everyone else has got or doing, mm-hmm. and it's it's got to impact. It's just got to impact. So what's well, normal impact versus right? Uh-oh. So a teen getting up and wanting to get ready, taking a few hours, or not wanting to go to school because they have a pimple. I mean. They have an increased ego where they're really concerned about how they're viewed and perceived. But if you start to notice that they are going to the bathroom after they eat Mm. or they talk incessantly about the imperfections that they perceive in themselves um, or they start to compare themselves a lot with other friends or women on TV, um, that's, that's concerning. Or Another thing is if they avoid social situations, wear really baggy clothes, or maybe not want to get in a uniform or yeah, some kind of... Or like kind of go the opposite direction. Absolutely. That's, a, that's an interesting sign, huh? So if they're pulling too far against the society, right. they might also be having one. Right. Absolutely. Huh. That's interesting. So that those are unhealthy signs. And then if you... I mean, obviously with uh, with men, what we're seeing more is just that need to be masculine and be perceived yeah. as having... Muscles. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. It's hot. Or just, <laughs> you know, increased. adequate. Yeah. Well, that's because increased. I have a, well, I have a boy that's, uh, how old is he? Eight. That's like, dad, look at my six pack. Look at my, do I have a six pack? Yeah. Okay. And he's, he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, but we're, not, we're not to. letting him know that, but he wants to. And now right. that's like on his spectrum. I didn't worry about a six pack till I was 14, yeah. 15, 16. My eight year old's thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That is young. Well, yeah, it's younger and younger. And we're noticing that these, unhealthy eating behaviors and ways of restricting are getting younger and younger. Like 10-year-olds are talking about feeling better about themselves when they're on a diet, uh, which is really, that's troubling, right? No, that really is. Is yeah. that just because I guess they're being exposed earlier? Yeah, they're being exposed earlier. And I think that, um, you know, the internet and media, kids are just watching it at younger and younger ages. It's being talked about at school more. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely getting You know younger. what I think it all is, though, Melissa? It's skinny jeans. I think the skinny jeans are <laughs> They're pulling. contributing. <laughs> They're totally. <laughs> because honestly, some people just shouldn't go near them. And some <laughs> right. people should. And now it's like, okay, well, can I fit into skinny jeans? Now we've got jeans that are segregating people. Do you <laughs> right. think it's that? It's got to be. It's a good point. I mean. It's a really good point. Oh, I don't know. And you know what else? Tight Guys are wearing tight shorts again. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that's in. All the people here are like, no way, man. But I've seen them. Tight clothes in general. Suits, jackets yeah. for men. Yeah. See, you have I can't to have a it. better, you mm-hmm. know, like just a more toned body to wear them. I don't do it. Because A, I can't, if I drop something, I can't bend over and pick it up. Because my clothes <laughs> right. are too tight. But it's, what do you, I mean, it's uh, it's just what we've all gone through. But it just seems like it's it's being accentuated. It's like being magnified. Everyone's, everybody out there listening has kind of have gone through this. Right. You know, like, oh, I don't want to go start changing in the locker room with the seniors in high school because right. that's scary. I think everyone's kind of gone through that. Now it's that's like... That's normal. It's, yeah, that's the normal fear that it's kind of, I guess, part of just the process of growing. Well, and hitting puberty and mm-hmm. your body's not quite developed, but if this you're obsessing different. about your weight or you're getting on the scale multiple times a day or you have a teenager that is, yeah. you need to get them into help. And a lot of parents will try and intervene and say, you need to eat more. Yeah, you better eat. Or you can't, That's you know, right. you can't do this. And you have to understand it's about trying to control something. So if you implement control, you're making it worse. Oh, interesting. So control combats control, and then it's just game on. It's a fight. Yeah, absolutely. So we have You're to You're going to actually that. worsen the behavior hmm. if you try and control it more. 
So it's important to get a professional on board if I like it. if you're noticing signs like we talked about yeah, earlier. Perfect. Okay, Melissa, we're going to come back, and when we come back, we're going to hit hard. What should we be doing? How do we teach better body image? What should we say? What should we even say if they're starting to gain some weight and we want to help them? Right. So that we don't like blow up the body image problem, right? Right. Absolutely. Good stuff. We're talking to Counselor Melissa uh, Lamson, who is with us today, talking about body image right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. The Tantara Hour with Ron Simpson showcases some of BYU's most talented musicians and performers from both on and off campus. Listen to some of the best music that BYU has to offer. Join host Ron Simpson for the Tantara Hour, weekdays at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Officials at the White House are rejecting claims from the Romney campaign that the president is downplaying the death of Ambassador Chris Stevens. In a 60 Minutes interview, the president said the Arab Spring has inevitably produced bumps in the road as societies with little experience of democracy struggle to build it. Romney's campaign says that shows Obama minimizing anti-U.S. violence, including the assassination of a top diplomat. But Press Secretary Jake Carney rejects that. That assertion is both desperate and offensive. Carney says Obama will use his U.N. speech here to say again, however much America deplores the anti-Muslim video behind the violence, the bloodshed's unexpected. Acceptable, and those who killed Ambassador Chris Stevens will be brought to justice. Mark Smith, New York. The Taliban have released a new video which supposedly details the preparation for an attack that occurred on a U.S. military base. The video shows a man speaking Pashtun as he points out drawings of planes and other targets on a whiteboard and also shows men wearing U.S. Army uniforms practicing cutting through a chain-link fence with music playing as they barrel through the hole. A Taliban spokesman claims it shows preparations for the assault on Camp Bashtin when insurgents breached a fence, killed two Marines, and destroyed six fighter jets. It's not possible to verify the video's authenticity. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. Discover Bank is being ordered to refund over $200 million to cardholders by the U.S. government. More than 3.5 million Discover Card customers will be getting some money back, and the company will have to pay a $14 million fine. Regulators say Discover's call center workers enrolled customers in programs like payment protection and credit monitoring without their consent, misled them about benefits, and let customers think the programs were free. Discover isn't admitting or denying the allegations. The company has agreed to change its telemarketing approach. Ed Donahue, Washington. There is encouraging news in the fight against substance abuse in the U.S., but there are a few setbacks as well. 
Among the data they find encouraging is a decline in prescription drug abuse from 7 million people in 2010 to just over 6 million last year. But White House Drug Policy Director Gil Kurlikowski says the findings are mixed. We're making steady progress, but the 2011 data also paint a troubling picture in the rise of heroin use. Health and Human Services Substance Abuse Chief Pamela Hyde says more than 20 million Americans were classified with substance dependence or abuse. This is a huge public health issue. One that's taking a heavy toll. Behavioral health conditions lead to more deaths than HIV AIDS, traffic accidents, and breast cancer combined. David Melendi, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, we are talking body image, and we have LCSW Melissa Lamson with us. She's a has a master's degree in social work and um, has been treating, I think, women and men uh, with all of their uh, emotional needs, their depression, anxiety, and she has especially been focusing on eating disorders and just body image issues. Melissa, welcome back to the program. Thanks. Ten years you've been doing this. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's been a while. Because this, this doesn't – this is kind of a universal issue that doesn't – I mean, it almost doesn't seem like it would even go away when you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80. You know, it doesn't. It's true. I mean, that's kind of sad. You care. I guess it's something you learn when you're young and you just keep it with you even though it doesn't serve you. Right. How do we – okay, we've talked about there's kind of the healthy kind of just you know weird body image stuff as we're going through puberty, those kind of natural changes. What – and then we talked about the unhealthy where we, where we get obsessed and we, we kind of lose ourselves and we can't stop thinking about it. Right. And we start doing kind of harmful behaviors, mm-hmm. drugs or something that makes us sick. Yo-yo Take, dieting. Yo-yo dieting, taking uh, the uh, um, the diuretics the, or the um, – Steroids. Uh, whatever it is that makes you go to the bathroom a lot. Laxatives. Laxatives. <laughs> I was like diuretics. No, that's something else. Um, takes the laxatives. But I mean, I, this is an interesting question because as I've worked with a lot of couples and I have one person that's struggling, interestingly, it tends to be honestly the most the, – the better looking people I know mm-hmm. that tend to have this disorder. Right. Where it the perception is off. Uh-huh. It's not like realistic. It's way off. Right. It, it, what's that about? Why would the why would the ones that kind of have the look be the ones that suffer the body image as, as much? Or, or I guess that's maybe why they're maybe they look so good. I don't know. Right. Well, it's interesting. You have to consider that somebody with a negative body image or who has maybe an eating disorder is going to have a very perfectionistic type Tendency. of ideal, yeah. right? And so any perceived flaw, something that even is asymmetrical or looks a little off might be cause for the obsession right. and magnified. And that, so something oh, you focus on gets much, much bigger. Because everyone's asymmetrical somewhere, right? right? I mean, right. if we were actually measuring, <laughs> right. people, a lot of people would be kicked out because symmetry just isn't always perfect. Right. Right. So if you're looking in the mirror and you're you're just examining or analyzing and you have a perfectionistic type personality, you are going to notice and magnify anything uh, that's possibly yeah. off or has a little fat on it or something like that. Well, so it's it, not rational. It's not. And it's and I mean then it, it's gotta be, I guess, a little irrational because then the answer is botulism. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, squirt Botox. that. Yeah, squirt that in between your eyes. What's the worst <laughs> thing that could happen there? But I'll, I guess it is. It's just you're you're just off enough. I mean, you're a perfectionist anyway, and then you're normal. But a perfectionist that has a normal body image is going to highlight the abnormal. Right. And then blow it up, magnify it. Right, exactly. What are we supposed to do with this? What do we do as parents? What do we do to not get bought into it? I mean, we want to produce healthy children. We want to teach them to eat right and exercise and be healthy. What do we do to not start buying into the stereotypes and overemphasizing? Okay, well, first thing I want to mention is that in the U.S., where there's this over-concern about appearance, um, is to consider when you greet somebody or haven't seen a family member or friend for quite a long time, when you see them, what do you say to them? You look great. You look great. Or have you lost weight? Oh, my heavens. Or, hey, did you get your teeth fixed? Right. No one says that that, because that would be rude. (laughs) Or I I love your outfit. I mean, it's It's very much. It's always visual, isn't it? Right. Always. I've observed this over the years and I've watched it with friends and family. And I've made a concerted effort that when I greet somebody, I say, it's so good to see you. And I don't make any comment about how they look or how much weight they've lost or how thin they are mm-hmm. or how fat they are. I mean, It's not that, about the exterior. You're not right. – what do you say? You say, how it's are so you? It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. Or I'm happy to see you. Oh, that's cool. Now, so, you know, isn't it the um, the Buddhists that say namas, namaste? Namaste, I think, is Japanese. Is, is it? it? I, don't, I guess. I don't know. But I guess what it – I don't know. Oh, if anybody out us. there, 801-422-0143. <laughs> But they so a lot of people that meditate when they're done meditating they'll say, or they're talking to someone they'll say namaste which I think means I see you. Right. So it's more like I see your soul. I see I see you as a whole. Right. Instead of I you know your parts. So right. and what, what we a do is we message. break it down. Yeah. It so just try and observe and see if you notice that and make that effort to try and just acknowledge the person. See the whole person. Right. And just say it's good to see them yeah. and not go on about their appearance. Isn't that mm-hmm. that we all do that? Oh, look at you. Well, when you have a baby, look at you. You put yourself back together nice. <laughs> right. Like, right. Or you. we talk about somebody and we say, oh, they've really lost weight or yeah. don't they look great? Yeah. Or they're so thin. We put a lot of value on that and our kids hear us and so do our friends. Oh, there's a, and there's, so there's your new greeting. Hey, right. your weight appropriate. Exactly. How's your BMI? <laughs> Right. Well, my body mass index is over the top. <laughs> I mean, isn't that a weird thing we do? Yeah. Yeah, we're not thinking. So you're saying get intentional and just see the see the soul, see the whole person. Right. Good. In in European countries, they're they're really good at this. In the U.S., we're really not. We we you we seem shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Ooh, look what you're wearing. I even made, I made a comment about what you were wearing earlier. <laughs> right. I'm so shallow. Shallow Matt. Uh, what else no, should that, we be doing? But it, it's just normal. People. It is. It's, it's normal. But so it's intentional. Well, and it's a giraffe pattern. So <laughs> right. I couldn't miss it. <laughs> poor, poor Melissa. What else, Melissa, should we be doing as parents to not send our kids over the edge with this? Well, I have a few tips for this. Um, and what I would say is, uh, first of all, you have to be aware of your own body image issues or ways that you perceive yourself. Yeah. Because believe it or not, um, kids watch us, people observe us. And if we are obsessed about losing weight or, you know, we're focused on don't eat that, that's bad food or good food. There's such a moral assignment to it. Yes. That it's going to catch on. Yeah. 
intentionally or not intentionally. Yeah. So you have to be aware of your own stuff. If you I will. like to ask the question. Like, I like it more as like, you're going to eat that? Right. I just think that sounds worse. Yeah. You're going to have a cookie? Oh, you're going to have another cookie? Right. Yeah. I so, like a little whistle there. Yeah. So it's a, that That's statement a judgment, right there huh? is very shaming. Yeah. Right. And especially because, yeah, mom, I just ran five miles. Of mm-hmm. course I can have another cookie. Get off my So back. that's your thing, mm-hmm. not theirs. And we project that onto everyone else. So right. parents out there, are you projecting just because of your assumptions? Mm-hmm. And Because they're not you. Yeah, your own insecurities, how you were raised. These kids aren't you. I mean, you're, I may have been able to not eat. Maybe I shouldn't have had three cookies. Mm-hmm. But maybe my my ten year old could, yeah. You know what I mean, right? My ten year old can handle it where I can. Right. Good. Um, so if that's the case, being aware of your own body image, I would say you know try and recognize that your body's your own. Try to focus on the things that you can change as opposed to the things that you can't, and really try and accept the things that you're not going to change, like your height, yeah, or your shoe size. Well, you could try. (laughs) That's right. Right. But you know what's interesting is now that seems like it's where it's getting blurred because it's almost like what really can't we change? Right. It's almost we can change anything. Because you can change anything with surgery. Right. And yet that's probably not the best approach. Mm. Yeah. How do we get to the point where we can just accept what we are? Well, I I'll tell clients a lot of times to do a simple exercise, Um, and everyone's heard of affirmations. If you've read any self help book, yeah, they're popular. Yeah. But usually when we look in the mirror, if you're one who picks yourself apart or runs past it and is scared, you try to focus on the attributes that you like and give yourself a compliment. Um, you know, my eyes look really nice today or I like the way that, you know, these pants yeah. look on me today. Whatever it is, just try and do three compliments each day to try and help you negate all the negative That's, messages that you're giving yourself. And you shouldn't probably pinch your fat. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> and you shouldn't have people out there that grab it and like jiggle your belly. Yeah, that's because so horrible. let's just get this straight, LCSW. <laughs> um, Melissa, if people shake your belly, that's probably not good. No. Okay, I'm just letting everyone know that out in listener land. That's, yeah, that lives with me. Yeah, or somebody's arms, any anywhere where you know it's really not your yeah. property. Don't jiggle my arm. <laughs> It's funny because my wife leads music in church, uh-huh. and she um, she really has very, very, very tone arms. But she had somebody make a comment. Actually, it was me. I didn't make a comment, but somebody. I'm just like somebody in general, hypothetical me. Um, but I, I made one comment. I go, and I don't remember what it was, but it's now she's worried about it. So me making one comment, <laughs> and it wasn't bad. It was just like, but oh, you're my not going to tell us. The I'm not, I honestly don't remember, <laughs> but it, I'm sure it was. She just I'm sure she just mistook it because I'm a professional communicator. So <laughs> right. I would have delivered it perfectly. Aren't all bets off in uh-huh. your own marriage? Totally. OK, totally. But I mean, yeah, that's not good. Don't jiggle anyone's body because <laughs> you're going to create a body image issue. Right. Well, and it just, you know. Another thing you can do as a parent, so when you get, I guess when you get aware of your own issues, issues yeah. that's important, and then you're trying to make those changes, recognizing that your kids are watching you and people are watching you. Yeah. So do you want to facilitate you know, more healthy body image or 
keep the cycle going. So that's a decision you have to make. I love that. And I love, too, and think about what you feel about that issue. And then you can maybe create some empathy about what your child's going through. Right. That's Yeah, that's a great point. And get into their pain. That's great. What else? Um, so be positive. Don't yeah. make critical remarks about Maybe your you teen's body. you could even help them make – you could point out the positive. Right. Um, um, this, the gal who was on here Melissa. earlier was talking about oh, that. Uh, who was it? Madison. Madison. Um, she was saying, you know, trying to focus on characteristics that aren't physical right. uh-huh. and attributes. Uh, character traits. Accomplishments. Yeah. Um, if your child does have a weight problem, you can be sure that they're aware of it. Yeah. I mean, it's – you, are you sure? Um, yeah. Yeah, they've probably seen They get it. Yeah, they may not be addressing it. Mm-mm. They also may not know what to do. Right, and feel pretty worthless. Mm-hmm. So pointing it out is not yeah. going to be doing a whole lot. Um, because your negative remarks will only make them feel more discouraged. It's so true, isn't yeah. it? And we would just, I'm just trying to help. Right. But you all, you've all been helped by somebody when you didn't want the help. Right. <laughs> like, get off my back. I know, Mom. And, Thanks. And I'm not saying you have to tiptoe around the mm-hmm. issue, but how you go about it is huge. Yeah. You know, so making it like a family concerted effort to get more healthy and more active and making it not a focus of one person. I love it. If one child has, you know, a problem. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is having family meals together. Uh, there's really strong research that says having at least one meal together as a family is going to or is a positive indicator of kids actually abstaining from drugs and alcohol right. and having a more positive right. relationship with food and body image. I Do you didn't think know about, that. That yeah, makes sense absolutely. though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So if you have your family around and you develop positive feelings such as conversation and connection with the family, it's associated with food. Mm. Rather than secrecy, hiding, shame, guilt, everybody commenting on the calories. I mean, we all have family systems that probably didn't have healthy right. aspects of body image or right. food. exactly. But you can create that in your own family. And, and create unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Covey used to call dinner time like the family. It's like the altar. Right. So we always would come back to the altar. Like a sacred time. Like a sacred time. Right. I love that idea. And then... And not fixate on – I mean, remember, I guess the weight, the, the issue, the body image issue, it's only part of who they are. Right. You know, there's still a spiritual component and a physical and emotional and psychological and social. They're, yeah. they're intellectual. I mean, they've got all these other benefits that we have to include. Absolutely. Love it. So, so that's another one. Um, I'd also teach, their, teach your teen or your young adult about media. Teach them to be – um, analytical. Teach them to be, you know, yeah, to critical. critique the media. Absolutely, like that. Um, you know, don't let them be a fashion victim or your son be consumed with what the ideal is. Yeah. Help them recognize that a lot of these images are airbrushed, or they have a personal trainer and a professional makeup crew, where it's just not, you know, right. it's not reality. That's right. It's a team, and there's a lot of great stuff on YouTube and other places where you can actually have before or what they look like regularly and what they look like on TV. Right. I mean, stuff like that. That's the kind of way I would work with my child is, hey, you guys got to see this. Come here. Well, And like start blowing up the illusion that, look, they're just people. They're just like us. Right. Yeah, I've seen that too. Taylor Swift was, I think she was nominated as, as the most beautiful person yeah. this last year. And her photo was completely natural, no makeup or anything. Wow. See, that's it. That's and my great. husband commented on that. He said, I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you got to watch out for him. 
<laughs> He's got to let Taylor go. <laughs> right. Come on. But just, I mean, just that type of thing for her to put that out there and not do the makeup crew. That. That's all natural. so much more for body image, doesn't it, than yeah, anything. Absolutely. So I was, I was proud of her. I well, but she her. also probably looks really good. Yeah. She, she's she's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. She could get away with it. But <laughs> right. she did, which is let's blow up the myth. Good. Well, a couple more things. What else should we what else can we do? I guess as we wrap it up, what what where would you say we should focus primarily? Summarize it. Where where is the number one most leveraged thing we could do as parents to kind of make sure we're promoting a healthier body image? Um make sure that you have good foods in your house that are available. Um, make sure that overall family health is a you know is a team effort. It's a family affair, right? Um, and don't critique yourself and talk about all of your flaws in front of your kids. And definitely try to just focus on their positive qualities and traits and as the entire person. Yeah, see the it, whole. It's very intentional, but like I said, just observe. Um, you'll notice how fixated we are oh. on appearance. And don't jiggle anything. Don't jiggle anything. See, I think that is really important. You know, put that Very in your basic. Book. <laughs> <laughs> Do not jiggle anything. I'm telling you, I've learned the hard way. Um, and don't use the word muffin top. Yeah, that's. About uh, somebody pulled that out the other day. Who? I'm not naming names, but <laughs> he was on my side of the microphone. Wow. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just don't think. I've got to think before I speak because the um, it really the this is about image, right? And what, if we're bringing up these ideas, these thoughts, we're setting it up, and boys have it too, right? It's just different. It's kind of more about their machismo, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I know I've been rattling off a bunch of statistics, but ten million girls oh. struggle, one million boys. That's so just it's crazy, though. it's definitely it's definitely less. Yeah. Still a lot of boys. I love it though, and love them anyway. Love them in spite of. Right. It's not about their body, and they probably just need to know they're loved. I bet you, if the kids knew they they were loved, then they could probably work through this a little bit better and get help. Right. There's so much shame attached to it. Mm -hmm. So if you can help them to recognize, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Um, You're still. You know, loved, and that's not the most important thing. It it does. That motivates people. Powerful. Okay, Melissa Lampson, LCSW. Melissa, where can they get to your website? How how do they get there? Yeah, my website is newleafcounselingutah.com. And I have some resources on here for body image, some books that people can look up, and some of these sites that I use to all the tools you talk need. about. Yeah, Melissa Lampson, thank you so much. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll take your advice. We'll be back after this break, folks, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. A hot way to cool your next car using thermoelectrics. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The air conditioner in your car is complex, power-hungry, and contains compressed gases that can be an environmental problem. 
An estimated 45 million tons worth of those refrigerants get loose into our air annually and act as greenhouse gases. Car makers are working with the Department of Energy to adapt NASA spacecraft technology that could replace the old AC with thermoelectrics. That's a property of certain materials, able to generate electricity when exposed to heat, and it can work both ways. Applying electricity to these materials can also create a cooling effect. It's used today in 12-volt portable food chests that can keep your food hot or cold just by switching the polarity of the battery. They're also in computers, acting as tiny air conditioners for hot processor chips. And NASA's deep space probes use thermoelectric generators, powered by the heat of decaying plutonium. The DOE's project will investigate more efficient thermoelectric materials that convert waste heat from your engine and muffler into power to air condition the inside of your car without any machinery or gases. Sounds pretty cool. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. For regular updates on BYU Radio programming, sports, and other behind-the-scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about body image. We just talked to Melissa Lamson, a social worker, who uh, gave us some great ideas on how to help. It's interesting. Ten million young women have this problem. One million men. But uh, let's let's focus a little bit right now on the male problem. Now, you got to be manly, right, guys? Best way to get there is by eating until it hurts. Yes. You sure about that? Well, Bryce, one of our producers, has some thoughts on this that he would just love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. You want to know what's worse than a competition? Pointless competition. Yet anytime I go to a buffet with guys, there's always the empty plate counting at the end of the night. And what is the winner's prize? A night of uncomfortable gastrointestinal activity, several antacids, and being one step closer to a whole host of health issues due to a history of overeating. Now guys certainly don't have the market statistically cornered on body image issues, but we're no more immune to it than anyone else. In fact, I would even say that we have the same problem, but it presents itself a little differently. Even some science seems to suggest that it's less about our waistline and more about how we're perceived socially. A food psychologist, Brian Wansink, did a study about eating behaviors and movie theater popcorn. Among the participants, they singled out a few of the dates and asked them some questions. Unsurprisingly, they found that ladies who were paying attention to how much popcorn they were eating ended up eating less popcorn. Most of them ended up saying that to overeat would not be considered feminine. But the responses made by guys were a little strange. Most of those who said they paid attention to their popcorn intake ate a lot more popcorn. And they said to overeat and behave as if they were insatiable would be considered manly or studly. So Dr. Wansing took this a step further. He gave two separate groups a similar story to read. In the story, a guy and a girl go out on a date. But one version had the guy on the date eat a lot more than the other guy. One part of the questioner asked... how much they thought the guy on the date could bench press. I would like to point out that there were no physical descriptions or anything in the story that would actually be relevant or helpful in answering this question. 
But of those who read the story in which he ate more, on average, they predicted that he could lift 21 more pounds than the guy in the story who did not eat as much. I would also like to point out that all of the women who participated in these studies never perceived overeating guys as being more manly or steadily or more able to lift anything in any way. So science just told us that it's not getting us anywhere with the ladies. So then why are guys trying to beat each other in a who-can-develop-the-worst-eating-habits-the-fastest competition? Why are we inflicting this on each other? Because it seems like even if you win, you really lose. To be frank, I think it's because we have some really backwards social ideas and gender roles that just don't fit with reality. And these ideas are starting to kill some of us. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow, that was some rant. Bryce Tobin joining us. How are you, Bryce? I'm doing pretty good. Were you a competitive eater? No, but if you put some pasta in front of me, I could probably I could probably hold my own. You know what? It's a great point because you don't usually sit there and say, "Oh my word, that lady is so hot." She pushed about fifty pieces of pizza down her gullet. I know that's. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you? Why is that that not equate to hot? Because holy cow! It's did you see how scary. many milkshakes she downed? That's I think in general oh, anyone that's nice dude or chick who can. Wolf down, yeah, that many milkshakes. It's kind of like we had a guy growing up uh, who could actually stick his pinky all the way up his nose and twist it at the right time and get it all the way up there. Now, in high school, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, ironically, he didn't have any girls sitting at his table. They don't know why. I, yeah, it's mystery. With a guy that's that's got that gift, you would think he that would talent. just attract. Yeah, don't hide that under a bushel. No. Uh-uh. And also the guy that would eat anything. He, by the way, he was the same guy that would eat anything. So at lunch, we would all take all of our food that we didn't want. We'd put it in a bag and we'd squish it up. And then we'd pour like four liquids on it. And I then think, if he uh, ate it, was that you? I, no, that was not me. But I think every guy, that was, every, that was middle school that's, in a yeah. nutshell. Oh, was that middle school? We had Trevor. Because we, we did it in college. You did it in college? Yeah, we had <laughs> Trevor. We would mash stuff up, all the leftovers. Hey, Trevor, come here. Yeah. But see, that made him manly. Another manly one is it's your body hair. Yeah. Right? I don't get that so one. do you remember that? I mean, like, I have a son that just has a lot of body hair. And, but, you know, people are like, wow, you're a man. It's like, it's like yeah, you're really manly. Yeah, it's... but wait till he's like really old and then is bald because he's blown all his hair follicles out. His yes. hair credits. Hair credits. Okay, so folks, hope you've uh, enjoyed the show. We've got some tools, right? The big tool is love your kids the way they are. Don't always point out just the pieces of any human being. We're all more complete, more together as a whole. So, challenge for the Matt Townsend Show. Will you please go start taking care of each other? Look after each other. If you start noticing some signs that people might be... um, I don't know, too preoccupied with their own image, their own body image. Get some help, express some love, and be there for them. Heaven knows we need a lot more love on this earth and a lot less judgment. Folks, thanks for listening to us. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new topic. If you have any more ideas for us, give us a a chat or chat me, sorry, email me at mattchat at byu.edu. Would love to answer those for you. Thanks. And if not, we'll see you tomorrow right here on the radio program on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Today's Thinking Aloud originally aired earlier this year.
The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. A typical news day, harrowing tales of violence, destruction, oppression, and conflict, all because of the apparently irreconcilable